If we see Andy Carroll's groin massager run into the field, it's probably due to Andy groin, Andy Carroll's groin. Andy groin. You might just want to call him that. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Bruzy McInjureface. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Well, this is the first time we've ever done something like this. This is technically take two of our pod. Yeah. But you know what? What? We have to be really careful, even doubly careful, now that we're doing this for a second time. Do you know why, Dave? Um, no, I'm lost. Well, not the first time that's something happened. Something happens. Injuries happen. Oh, Yes. You thought of something else, but no, injuries no. happen. Yeah, sure. Injuries can strike at any moment. Given the fact that we are coming off an international break, which means no Premier League matches, which means no fantasy Premier League, you got the weekend off from that. Hopefully you enjoyed some World Cup qualifiers. But with the weekend off and no matches to discuss, we decided to come in with a special pod, probably going to be shorter than the normal ones. Sure, it, hope so. It, 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 it would have to be. If it's not, we are not going to be good. If but it's longer than fact. a normal pod, I will personally deliver $5 to every listener <laughs> of this podcast. You <laughs> heard it here first. Hand delivered. But we're specifically going to dis- uh, to discuss something that we regularly mentioned on the pod but we never have time to go into great detail about and that is injuries in the premier league injuries and and how we find out about injuries correct that's exactly right what causes injuries the fact that there's something missing in the premier league and that is an established standardized injury protocol and there's something that that has made us discuss this on a fairly regular basis. It seems like this year more often than most years. And uh, Dave, I think you've done a little bit of work, and Brian, you too, oh, just man, yeah. bringing back to our memories exactly all of the surprises that we have come across playing fantasy Premier League with just surprise injuries that have taken place across the league this season already. Well, we could start with something that's that's fresh in our minds, like last week. When, when Scott, you were the beneficiary of a surprise yeah, injury, true. as Brian said. <laughs> I love surprises. Last week with Deli Ali, all of yep. a sudden not playing, and he was your captain. And again, as we referenced last week, so your vice captain. For as far as I can remember, it's not often that like your captain doesn't start. It's true or play. and or play. Yeah, yeah. And so this is one of the first times in in memory that a vice captain being called into into action mm-hmm. anyways it was Salah and it worked out really really well for you it's true um but i appreciate you bringing that up again sure good uh, memory and, and uh, if anyone listened to the pod last week we we referenced Jorginium. i didn't even say his name nope, right that's okay Jorginio, Giorginio, something like that yeah gomez way to Corey get holy he's gomez way to get every syllable along the way there dave vinaldum yeah right remember he uh, Klopp looked down the oh, bench yeah. and asked him to go you know hey look does, does he have his boots down there like i think i want to start him today uh, so, look, that was a massive surprise last week, too. Of course, that he's a lesser player, but when you're thinking of, of major, major players, of course, Phil Jones has been rumored to not start this year. He, this it, year, that's this, exactly right, this, this entire year. year. <laughs> much of the year. So much so uh, that, that our podcast is uh, championing the 
the change that the, the Premier League has, because they don't have an injury protocol, of right. course that's something that we've been championing mm -hmm. uh, all season, is to create an injury protocol, which you'll probably do. We're yeah, we'll go. We're going to discuss. Yep. But I say it needs to be called the Phil Jones Injury Protocol List. Yes. Because of how Phil Jones has been treated this year and how United exactly has been, right. been relaying his injuries. And it's apropos, especially for this week, because we can talk about him all over again for this exact <laughs> oh, reason good. this week. As a Phil Jones owner, I cannot wait for that part. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go through and, and discuss what an injury protocol in the Premier League could look like. And then. We'll imagine what if as we end our pod, as we always do, even when there are matches with an injury roundup of some things that we have learned injury-wise over this international break. Let's start here, guys. In the Premier League, as we have discussed already in this uh, recording, there is no injury protocol in the Premier League. None. Nope. There is no standardized set of rules that say this is what you have to do to report on injuries, which makes it nearly impossible to know what to do in fantasy Premier League, no one should should captain someone who doesn't play because of injury, right? I mean, we, we all agree. Anyone who's paying attention, right, enough to seriously say I play FPL is not going to captain someone who you know is going to be injured. The only reason why I was able to captain Deli Ali and then have my vice captain play. In, in truth, the only reason why a vice captain probably exists at all, if we think about it, yeah. is because there is no injury protocol. Right now, let's, let's talk about this real briefly. How do we find out right now about injuries in the Premier League? Let's start there. Well, as of right now, there is, I mean, of course managers have, they do have a responsibility to answer questions of the press and say that, you know, you do find out directly from the manager's mouth Exactly where, and, and you know, I think I would say generally, as, as long as you watch or at least keep up a little bit with matches, you know who's coming off at certain times. You can tell when injuries happen. So you know that the manager is going to be responsible and the club is going to be responsible for at least letting you know what's going on with that guy who either we haven't seen for a while, who we know is injured, or who we saw with our own eyes come off the pitch early or obviously in discomfort that's the key right it's got to be something where we know about it to specifically ask about it so if unless a player is is noticeably hobbling on the pitch or comes off early during a match right something like that that's when we know because the media is going to ask specifically about that or maybe if practice is visible to the media which it usually is training sessions are visible then then they can say well where was this so guy our second best source is Secretive cameramen. <laughs> well, well, it's right true. now the only other place we get it from is when the starting eleven is announced, and/or from the managers. And we know, as two of the managers sort of confessed last week, yeah, it, it's sort of some gamesmanship going on with with what they're releasing when. That's exactly right. And I want to be clear because we have not been clear enough about this in all of our discussion over the months and years about a lack of injury protocol. I really don't blame the managers. For what they do. It's because not it's, the manager's fault that there's no injury protocol. You're absolutely right. The, honestly, if I was a manager, I would do the same thing. Okay, so... If it's not required of me. In the National Football League, American football, there's a team, the New England Patriots. Most people have heard of them because they've won lots of Super Bowls in the last couple of decades. Their head coach during that whole span of time is a guy named Bill Belichick. 
Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Well, there you go. Bill Belichick is a man who is known for finding gaps in rules, finding loopholes, finding wiggle room, sometimes maybe even going too far. Right. But exploiting every bit of advantage he can possibly find. This is the nicest thing that anyone has ever said about Bill Belichick. I'm trying to be journalistically (laughs) neutral. Very diplomatic here. I'm trying my best. He will do whatever he can to win. Now, in the Premier League, that man would be a monster. It is truthfully speaking to the ethical nature of football, and now I'm using the European term here, sure. football managers, that we have any truth given to us at all. In fact, Brian, last week you said for the first time, every manager manager should just always say everybody has something all, all the, the time. time. Yes. And, and truthfully, Bill Belichick would do that. We'll see pre, pre-match. Exactly. <laughs> it is not the manager's fault. They are simply taking a lack of of standardization in a very important area, and they are exploiting it for their own good. I don't blame them at all. The bad guys in this whole debate about lack of injury protocol are those who make the decisions for the Premier League from the top down. They need an injury protocol. Now, they need it for the for the integrity of the league. More on that in a second. Right. But they also need it because there are now five-plus million FPL players. That is a decent number around the world playing FPL. And that's just FPL. That doesn't count any of the other leagues that are out there, yeah. of which we know a lot about because they reach out to us all the time. Right, right, Because we're right. a fantasy soccer podcast. There are lots of people, millions and millions around the world playing this fantasy sport. And you know what? You've got to have an injury protocol to maintain the integrity of fantasy soccer, too. The only thing that, I mean, as long as it's going to stay the way it, it has been or the way that most, most leagues are going to be set up where you're, the bench is thin, you only have a certain number of players, unless you're going to be able to have a bench that accommodates one person per position, which you would never do that, you know, you're, it's going to be pretty consistent with what you're already able to sub on. So, I mean, yes, as long as, there's, as, long as the benches remain... At a four person, yeah, a four spots extra. Yeah, you're exactly right. It damages the Premier League that you cannot take very seriously fantasy Premier League without an injury protocol. Can we just all agree that those colors next to people's names, unless they are red for a known reason, those colors are pretty much a joke. Anyone who's played Premier League fantasy Premier League for any length of time knows. I can't trust those colors and the percentages next to their names. When I see a color at this point, it means nothing to me until I do some kind of Google search for the player to see what the club and the manager and the players themselves are saying. And oftentimes, listen, there's some sites that are pretty good and or some clubs that are pretty good at at being uh, transparent with the injuries that's going on. But most of the time, there's nothing mentioned. And or, and or there's no update. So if you know something midweek, there's no update up coming into the match. And so it's sort of like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? And, and that's, that's just, for, right. at least for fantasy. Listen, if you don't play fantasy soccer, football, then, then why would you care? Sure. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's something that's growing, and it's, and it's especially here in the States, it's making – uh, it's making it more popular. And what? And the reason why we can make that statement 
is because we've seen it happen in front of our very eyes as American sports fans. That's right. With the National Football League. That's true. Fantasy football has helped drive the $75 billion National Football League. That's crazy. That's, that's bigger than more countries' GDPs probably. And yet that is Forbes' latest valuation of the league. That $75 billion in part, in part is built on the success and the popularity of fantasy football yeah. in the United States. We've seen that happen. We are part of the millions of people who play fantasy NFL football. That's true. We know what it does for a sport to be able to participate in that way. And we want to do that for Fantasy Premier League, too. And I think it can happen. With a injury protocol put into place, and, I agree. And I'm convinced uh, this podcast... Uh, already takes full responsibility for the Premier League changing its transfer <laughs> That's window. That's exactly right. Uh, because we have been screaming that drum for at least a year, and it changes. Close it year. before the matches start. I'm convinced that by the time the 2018 slash 19 season starts, there will be an injury protocol. Ooh. In existence Ooh. for the Premier League. You think they're listening? I that? am positive. Ooh, I, like I it. positive someone is already working on it currently. Excellent. I so, think you're living in a dream world. <laughs> I, I hope he's right. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's jump in. What we're going to do is we're going to go through. I found, with just a little bit of effort, I found the nine-page PDF that outlines straight from NFL operations the NFL Injury Report Policy. Okay, good. I'm going to go through it. There are four parts to it. For If anyone is still listening at this point and doesn't know what an injury protocol is, Scott, what do you even mean by that? Well, we're, it'll be made a little bit more clear as we go through it for the NFL, but essentially these are the rules that dictate how and when clubs have to report okay. to the public player injuries okay. that could affect game performances. Gotcha. And so without that, again, you know, the Premier League is suffering, we think. And I, we're going to use the NFL because that is a direct equivalency in terms of fantasy popularity. Uh, we'll go through the NFL. I'm going to go through the NFL re injury report policy. There's four parts to it. You guys feel free to interject your opinions as we go. And uh, and we'll talk about this and, and decide how the Premier League could put this same injury protocol into place. Before we even start, my premise to you, for, or to you two gentlemen is that these four parts of this injury protocol for the NFL could directly be implemented by the Premier League. And then I'm going to give you a teaser and say that I think there should be a rule change in Fantasy Premier League, too, when we get to the end okay. of this. Okay. Oh so I'm going to propose that to you as well. Wow. All right. Are we ready for this? Yeah, ready. All right. On to the is policy. There, is there going to be some kind of music over this? On no, because policy. this is going to take yeah. too long. Just maybe the clack of a typewriter, maybe, <laughs> but in, in, in the background. I like that, but only for like 10 seconds. Okay. Dave. All, right. All right, so this is the opening sentence. You're going to love this. This is the opening sentence to the nine-page injury report policy for the NFL. You ready? Okay. The personnel slash injury report policy has been a cornerstone of public confidence in the NFL for many decades. The credibility of the NFL, teams, owners, and team personnel requires full compliance with and uniform enforcement of the policy. Credibility. The credibility of the league is in is dependent on full cooperation with this policy. What's interesting is is they made this without fantasy 
football slash soccer in mind. Yeah, there's no right? reference of fantasy. No, I know, but yep. it was they made this and they they made this. Uh, when did they implement this? You probably just said. You said uh, it was several. It was several years ago. I don't okay. know the exact date. Right. But bottom line is, it's been around long enough for them to have put it into place and for them in the past in the past couple seasons to streamline it yes. even further. Which we're going to get to. Right. There, later on the first page, still in the introduction, that says this. The information in the policy, part of the injury reporting, must be credible, accurate, timely, and specific within the guidelines of the policy, which is of paramount importance in maintaining the integrity of the game. Mm. If those statements are true about following through on the NFL's injury protocol... What does it say about the Premier League that it doesn't even have an injury protocol in the first place? They are not worried about their integrity, Brian. Or credibility. Fully agree. Now, again, I told you there are four That's parts. just a theory, though. They probably are worried. Well, they probably are, but they need to be worried in this specific way. There's four parts. The first part to the injury protocol for the NFL is the practice report. The practice report is expected to provide clubs and the public an accurate description of a player's injury status and level of participation in practice. There are four ways that clubs have to report a player's in, uh, practice status. Number one, he either had full participation, limited participation, did not participate, or not injury-related if they don't participate, like if their wife is having a baby and they've got to leave practice okay, or something. Right, right, sure. This is simply to state how... They were able to practice during the week in a way that might affect their ability to perform in the next game. Teams have to release three practice reports during the week. Now, if the Premier League put something into place like this, and we know most matches are Saturday and Sunday, occasionally Friday and Monday, but let's say sat Saturday's the big day, right? Most matches are on Saturdays. Right. So if, uh, if, if the Premier League were to put a practice report into place and you play a Saturday match, you would have to declare or release a practice report on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday by 4 p.m. That seems reasonable. Absolutely it's reasonable. NFL teams have been doing it for years. Sure. So Tuesday by 4, Wednesday by 4, Thursday by 4, you simply have to state whether or not there so were injuries that limited or held people back from being able to practice, giving us the ability to know what players' participation levels are like in case that might affect their ability to play in the next match. Sure. Not a big deal. You release that report to the public, and you're good to go. If, if it's something where it's a, it's a body part that has a left and a right, you've got to be specific in the NFL about whether it's the left arm or right leg or so on. Um, all, of that is, all of that's laid out here in the practice report. None of that is too hard. Right now, what do we get? We get manager interviews and whatever media know to ask about. Which, by the way, if I was following a club, I would just have the roster in front of me for every press conference, and I would say, how is Deli Ali? How is Christian Erickson? How is Harry Kane? Why not? Right? Because right now that's the only man way. man by man. That's, what? Just go man by and man. Or, man by man. And or make your physios available to be interviewed by well, clubs. Yes, but even that doesn't require them to be honest. This well, requires you to be honest. A fine, a fine would be would. Well, that's an injury protocol, right? I mean, that's that's what the NFL has okay. in place. Okay. Teams get punished if they are found okay. not to follow the injury protocol. Gotcha. But this is just the practice report. This just states how they're able to practice. Part two is the game status report. This is released two days before a game. So for a Saturday soccer match, right? On Thursday, 
we would get a separate list by 4 p.m., the game status report, not to be confused with the practice report, the game status report. This is the first time now that we have a declaration from a team that says this is how available they are to play. Hmm. Not just how the, or their practice has been affected, but now how will their game status be affected? There are three options for this report. They are either out, doubtful, or questionable. questionable. Yeah, okay. That is it. Right. So anyone who is either not going to play, he'll be out, unlikely to play, he'd be marked as doubtful, or uncertain if he will play, he would be questionable, any of those three would show up on the game status report with the specific injury listed next to the name. I thought they got rid of the questionable tag. They got rid of the probable. Oh, they got rid of probable. Yes, because they found so that more than 90% in an injury, Say again? if it's an injured player... Sorry, this is this is. He this is basically, common. you have to be worse than fifty-fifty to show up on the game status report. Okay. No. That's if you're okay, less right. than fifty percent, okay. that used to be probable. Right. But they found that something like ninety-five percent of those players ended up playing, so now they don't re- require right. that to be. Well, reported. and, and th- that falls into the Brian's category of everyone has something. At That's some exactly point right. All the time. That's Therefore, exactly everyone's right. always probable. Correct. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, if you're going to be out, doubtful, or questionable, you're going to show up in the game status report. That comes out two days before the match. Also realistic, I would say. And that would start, for those of us who start to really get serious about setting our lineups, for me, I know I do it the day before. I'm setting my lineup on Friday or on Thursday if there's a Friday match. You already know, I mean, you already know going into most most weeks what the consistency of the starting lineup is. You know the players who have the, a high degree of availability or likelihood of pl- of playing in a match, so I mean, really, it's just going to be. I mean, the, the, to me, you're already paying attention to a lot of these things. This is exactly what the the press conferences are for. This is exactly what people are going to want to know. They're not interested yep. in in this in the eighteenth guy, right? They're, you're interested right. in you're interested in in fifteen. But the difference 14, now 13. is that when Deli Ali picks up a knock in practice. If he if that shows up on a practice report during the week on Wednesday, yeah. and then he shows up as doubtful on the game status report on Thursday, my reporter can now ask about Deli Ali and yep. figure out what that's about. Yep. And I'll know I'm not going to captain him if I'm even going to put him in my lineup. Right. What a novel idea this is. I mean, it works like a charm in the NFL. It would work exactly like this in the Premier League, as far as I See, can tell. Th- there's another thing too. I I feel like that there's people closer to the situations that probably know what's going on, because unlike here, well, in in the so uh, I need to get to know the locker room attendant for every across, club. Well, let's be honest. Across the pond, you can bet on the matches in the stadiums. Speaking of that, well, so here's betting. my point. Here's, Absolutely. How has betting point. not created an injury protocol? That That is exactly my point. And you would even think even more so, more than just peddly, mid, you know, little little small-time fancy, fancy soccer. Compared to, compared to the bets that go on in the stadiums where people have significant amounts of money right. wagered on games. Yeah. Knowing if Delhi's going to be playing, if you're, uh, you know, and oftentimes for those here in the states, uh, 
you know, usually we're just wagering on on the the lines, whether it's you know if it's a football game, it's it's you know five point seven points or whatever. In uh, in England, in, in in soccer places, in most play, uh, places, usually it's the score lines that are wagered. So if it's two one, two zero, and or and there's different odds on different score lines. And you don't think I'm not only so pick on I say that, my point my point being though yeah is when Tottenham's playing a Crystal Palace yes exactly and then and it, w- would you bet on a two zero score line? If if you know Delhi's not playing, if you know De- <clears throat> if you know Delhi's not if you don't Delhi's not playing in a week where you know that Harry Kane also is is a little gimpy, just coming back off of an injury. That's right. And so, you know, am I am I more likely then to maybe bet the one zero, but also the line that's and, right. or, and or the zero zero line exactly, and, especially and so, coming off that Real Madrid match. Yes, but look at it in the positive way. I'm going to be more likely to bet on Liverpool if I know Sadio Mane's returning. If all of a sudden he's off the game status report, he's right. not. If he's likely to play all right. of a sudden, I'm going to be like, "Hey, awesome, Sadio Mane's back." Yeah, or at least available. Exactly. Are you are you right now willing to to bet on that game uh, a two one scoreline and or a four one scoreline if you know Mane is going to be back? In the exactly game? right. That's exactly right. So we're, that's that's two parts. So there's the practice report during the week. There's three of those daily reports, five, four, and, and three, or four, three, and two days prior to the start of a match, depending on when the matches are. And then there's the game status report two days before a match, letting us know if a player's out, doubtful, or questionable. Then there is the inactive meeting 90 minutes before kickoff. The inactive meeting is when clubs get together and they have to report 90 minutes before kickoff who is out. You've got to say 90 minutes before the match, this is who is out. And that's when all of a sudden you get a mad scramble among serious fantasy football owners to say, okay, this guy's out, I'm going to make changes to my lineup. Yeah, That happens 90 minutes before every kickoff. Right now, we don't have that. We have the one hour prior to kickoff in the Premier League where the lineups are announced, and it's just by omission then that we find out when players are either in or out. Yep. Now, this is where my rule change for Fantasy Premier League comes into our pod. Oh, I mean, I have a suggestion for that too. Heck, it might be the same one. I think it is. It's something we've talked about a few okay. months before. Sure. In Fantasy NFL football, yes, you are able to change players in your lineup leading up to the kickoff of each individual game. That's correct. It's, it's not just one flat cutoff exactly. before the first seven, you know, before the first match on Saturday and or Friday if there is one. That's exactly right. If I know, and we'll just use him as the example, that Deli Ali is on the game status report on Thursday, but I'm not quite sure yet. Maybe he's listed as questionable at this point. And I don't know exactly whether or not he's going to play, and I own him, if I have another Spurs player and I could maybe swap him out or... Just bring in a sub. Have a free transfer or something else, or bring in a sub from a later match... And or just not captain him. I should... Oh, very sure. I should be able to do that. Yeah. I should be able to make... Now, let me be clear on this. Tottenham played Crystal Palace, I believe, in the 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 3 o'clock p.m. time slot in England on that Saturday. 
if I find out, you know, 60 minutes or 90 minutes in this case from the NFL prior to kickoff that Ali is now out yeah. on that inactive meeting, yeah, I should be able to play anyone from the late Saturday match or the Sunday matches, or if there is a Monday match from that match, who might be in my squad, or if I even still have my free transfer that week, I can make my free transfer still. Right. I should have the flexibility, rather than have the one, like you said, Dave, flat cut off for the entire game week, it needs to be made for individual matches instead. It's a change that can be made way too easy. Like, and, I don't even know, yes. understand. I don't understand... What the what the what the process is, and I feel like it's always been like this. To have just one flat cutoff, I, I don't sense, understand that. Clubs get to pick one lineup for their match, and it's a, it's announced sixty minutes prior to the kickoff of the match. In fantasy Premier League, we don't get one kickoff. We have ten kickoffs to deal with yeah. with our one team. I should be able to adapt to the ten different kickoffs that take place throughout the weekend. There's one more thing. Can I give you the one more thing? Sure. Well. Number four is what's known as the in-game injury report. When you watch NFL games on TV, even the ones that take place in London, yeah, when a guy goes off the field into the locker room or into that weird bubble tent thing on the sideline, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. we quickly find out whether there's a sideline reporter there snooping around or not. Whoever's doing the broadcast for us, the play-by-play, and the color commentary, they very quickly are able to let us know exactly what is being looked at and addressed by the club on the sideline. Yeah. In the Premier League, what do we get? We get a lot of guessing. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of guessing. If we see Andy Carroll's groin massager run into the field, it's probably due to Andy groin, Andy Carroll's groin. Andy groin. Andy groin. We might just want to call him that from now on. Andy I'm annoyed. Groin. I'm so annoyed though. It's all guessing work. It's all. It's all the guessing game. Yeah. It's guesswork. No one knows what's going on, which is based on sight. It's all speculation. No one actually knows anything about what's going on, and they're not going to know until again after the match. If it's visible, someone in the media asks the manager about it, and then he either tells us the truth or not. But in the game, the NFL actually has an in-game injury report that is required to report injuries during the match. And listen to how specific this is. Club personnel are responsible for reporting in-game injury information factually and accurately as soon as possible for the benefit of the network, television, audience, and other media covering our games. Mm. I love that we're first in that. Yeah. The audience. People first. To ensure, this goes even crazier, this goes even further, to ensure fans in the stadium have access to the same information, these injury updates must also be posted on the stadium video boards, scoreboards, or ribbon boards. Wow. That is a rule. Yeah, you learn really quickly uh, when somebody, if somebody exits to the locker room, you know pretty quickly, uh, I mean, you can tell if they're coming back out in street clothes uh, shortly after that, you know for sure that it's something serious, or if they're in crutches or something like that. But a lot of times they just come back out. They might be in uniform, and they just come back out to the bench. And that's that might be where they sit for a long time. They may be, you know may get back into the game. But you know really quickly what happened to that guy pretty specifically, and that is common. I don't know about you, but if I'm any kind of non-NFL sports league executive, and I look up at the $75 billion National Football League, and I see that part of what has made them $75 billion in value 
is this injury protocol, so much so that they've got a nine-page PDF that describes the integrity and credibility of the game and how this injury protocol is a big part of that. Yeah. I want to do what they're doing. And that's what we need in the Premier League. We need practice reports during the week. We need a game status report two days prior it, to the game. It's, a, it's, a, it's just another way to bring the fans into what's going on. That's exactly it's right. It's another way for them to connect, whether it's fantasy football or not. But here's the other thing, too. If I, if I, got, if I want to take my, my kid to a game and I show up, and Ali and Erickson aren't playing. We'll just, again, we'll continue to reference Tottenham. Yeah. And or Harry and Ali is not playing. And I just paid tickets, a significant right. amount of pounds, to get, take my kid to this game. Yep. Like, I'm going to be upset about that, where technically if I don't know that they're going to be there, I'm going to be like, hey, son, we're going to wait till next week. That's exactly You know? Right. I mean, I mean, but there's just so many advantages for everyone I just I it blows my mind that it's not there's, there's nothing there. Uh, just just for a point of clarification, Spurs played Crystal Palace in the early match on okay. Sunday. Seven. Oh, okay. So okay. even even but to, to me that makes it even more significant. You would have easily known about that at some point between Saturday and Sunday, even. That's true, and and not to go too much into the details on this, but that's a big part of, of the uh, strategy as an NFL fantasy owner is if I have a guy who's playing the Sunday night or Monday night games, the last two games every week, yeah. that's part of the strategy. If a guy shows up on the game status report and he's playing the Sunday night game, you might be a little bit more hesitant to play him because you have fewer options in later games to replace him with. Right. That actually becomes, in a way, it actually makes it a little bit more fun for the serious fantasy owner, because there's more strategy involved now with a injury protocol that I can take seriously. Sure. Whereas right now, I got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. To the you point have, where I you kind have of, hope. I have you no have hope. A bench. I, well, that's about, I do. I have a vice captain. I have a vice captain, and I have a bench. That's exactly right. Honestly, here's what I would love to see. I'd love to see this injury protocol. Exactly this way. I can send this nine-page PDF to the Premier League. We need to. Hey, try to print one out and, and slip it into Roger Goodell's briefcase for the next time he's cozying up to, to English investors when he's going oh, to Teresa Day. Yeah. <laughs> to try to ruin the NFL further by putting a oh, team over there. Gosh, it's so true. But I, I, we'd be happy to do that. It's just it's something that, that we're passionate about because it keeps affecting us <laughs> not just us it affects everything like you said david it goes beyond fantasy it, does. it really it does goes beyond betting i know that we're just complaining about in one small facet but w- when you do look at the greater picture it absolutely affects many other things other than just fantasy soccer slash football and look it just needs to happen they just need to get on it and not to be cynical but maybe the best thing that could happen is we continue to have Jurgen Klopp, Slavin Bilic mind games. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the best thing that can happen. I maybe Jose Mourinho of all people could come out and become my hero by saying everyone has something right now, and and just completely yeah, but in a way that's way more passive aggressive. Yes, that. yes. It has to be. It has to be entirely like it has to make us all feel stupid uh, as he says it. But if he can do that and show everyone the insanity of what can happen. If any any shred of decency in these managers disappears because there's no injury protocol, 
maybe that's the best thing that can happen. Well, the thing that'll let you know how significant it could be is whenever you look over this laundry list of injuries that are coming up after this international break. Well, let's get into it, Dave. Uh, not Dave. Brian. I know. I know my podcast hosts' names. Uh, Brian, give us that injury roundup. Howdy, partners! It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah, man, this is the injury roundup of all roundups. International edition. <laughs> okay. All right. What I decided was uh, we can just go team by team. And so if you guys have any questions about any of these guys, feel free to ask. But some of these guys we've already talked about. We know a lot of we know a lot of these names. Sure. So you'll get to see exactly why this becomes such a it could be this could be I mean it's an international break every time this happens. You know what, every time. You know what you're gonna get whenever players are traveling thousands of miles, going to play you know, who knows? Multiple matches. Having trainers that and, aren't normally theirs every week. And then having to come back again. Yeah, sure. So I decided to start with we can start with Bournemouth. Because we already kind of know, we've we've already kind of they've they've been bitten a bit here. Um, we know for sure Benicophobi is, uh, I'd say, not only uh, he's well, he had the insult added to his injury because the uh, Congo Democratic Republic of Congo did not they failed to qualify for the World Cup. He did not participate in their matches over the break uh, due to the muscle strain that he had against Chelsea. So. On top of that, we already knew that Josh King was withdrawn. Uh, it was, well, we knew that it was a, he was the club probably wasn't going to want him to play. He was picked for the Norway squad, but he he did withdraw due to his ongoing back issue. So that's not not good. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend for them, and again, then you add that to Junior Stanislaus, who is a long-term groin injury. <laughs> uh, those are three pretty important guys. I, it's. I think it's a big deal, you know. I I, I don't want to say pick Callum Wilson as your as a third striker, but I, I mean, given the performance of Jermaine Defoe up to this point, if you're going to be down the p- possibility of down Josh King, you uh, likely Benicophobi, uh this weekend. I'm not saying even as a one week as a one week substitute, but Callum Wilson, if he's getting back up to speed and he's going to get minutes uh, for somebody who's going to be uh, pretty cheap um and and we've already talked about their their run of matches coming up callum wilson is not a terrible option uh not only as a guy you've already seen do it but as a differential um and a value pick no one owns him he's owned 0.1 percent and his uh, his value is a 5.9 and they do have a a juicy run of matches coming up hey dave arsenal uh for your arsenal moment you can say really, except for except for Olivier Giroud, this is a pretty fully fit Arsenal squad coming up uh, to face Tottenham. Well, the defense the defense was has been struggling. Right, they were I, I don't rough. know who's going to be because we don't have an injury protocol. Well, you know for sure, Danny Welbeck is back. Uh, he was back in full training. He's back, you know, obviously out since mid October, but. Uh, Danny Welbeck just in time for Olivier Giroud to limp off in the Fran- uh, France and Wales match this past Friday uh, with what the independent, at least, is calling a thigh strain. Uh, Olivier Giroud is a doubt. He hasn't getting, he's not getting the minutes really anyway. But Danny he's, Welbeck probably available for selection. Uh, to me, it's, I mean, that's, what, I mean, that's kind of it's probably irrelevant to every single fantasy person. I would be more concerned with Arsenal's defenders. Well, 
you know for sure Arsene Wenger says Mustafi's going to be back. Uh, he's recovered enough from his groin strain uh, that he already suffered to be available for selection against against Spurs. Uh, I would say it's uh, uh, of all the interesting guys. I mean, we talked about Kashani before. Kashani just has a lingering Achilles issue. He said this week that not in addition to retiring from international Duty. competitions right, yeah. after the World Cup. Uh, he said, I mean, he referenced his Achilles struggle. He said, every morning, I have treatment for my Achilles, and I know I need to do this to the end of my career. Wow. Uh, so this is something that is obviously... It's just, it's just always going to be This is discomfort for him that is constant. I mean, he's playing through it. Uh, to me, he's a guy that could miss any time. I, I would just say as, like, a guy... I don't know how many people are, are choosing to own him anyway. Right. To me, he's an unownable player in yeah. fantasy so yeah. or whatever that advice is worth sure chelsea's making everybody nervous because eden hazard uh looked yeah. like looked like he might have had an ankle issue against mexico last friday came off early uh however roberto martinez says um despite not training with the squad on sunday there is nothing serious uh we'll find out uh anyone listening to this probably will see the starting lineup against japan uh what will be tuesday uh, to, to see whether or not he is actually available. But Roberto Martinez at least says nothing serious. Uh, Victor Moses, despite despite pictures of him training outdoors and an Instagram video of him running in the uh, pool, his waist-deep water training, uh, this was only his first outdoor training. He is uh, doubtful at least for West Brom, probably doubtful beyond that. Um he let everyone know that it was a, a grade three hamstring tear oh. uh, that he had. So they're taking it easy, bringing him back. Yeah, um, sure. There's sure. no rush for I him. I would guess so. Uh, Gary Cahill withdrew against uh, uh, for England. He was expected to miss the friendly uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, with a lower back injury. Um, he's still touchy, but you'd think that he – I mean, it we'll like, see. It sounds like you just sort of – sort of had a little bit of a knock and it's like it's just friendly it's not going to matter that much so I'm not going to play let's just say 50-50 on him regardless of what the what his um, colorful triangle says uh, okay. next to his name I was going to ask about that 50-50 uh, so he's questionable yeah that's a good way of putting it uh, Alvaro Morata a good but weird update on Alvaro Morata he admitted that he had a knock to his toe uh, he scored for Spain uh, over this break already once. Um, so he's playing through pain. He's admitting that already. Uh, he said a teammate stepped on his toe. He said he would also not say which one <laughs> stepped on his toe. Of course not. Uh, but it's weird because he said, I woke up with some blood. It hurts a lot, but that's it. They removed it, and that's it. I didn't want anesthesia. They the blood or his mm, toe? They removed the blood, not the toe. <laughs> that's yeah. important clarification. Right. <laughs> uh, I didn't want anesthesia because I don't like needles, but I regret not having put it on. It hurt a lot, but the problem is already over. So it's one of those updates that you kind of – that's kudos for the honesty, but, man. My wife dropped a shelf on my toe – about nine months ago, uh -huh. and my nail still isn't right. Yeah, so I'm a little worried. Not saying that obviously all toe injuries are equal, but you can't just have a trauma to your toe like someone cleating it, like yeah. that, spiking it, and now all of a sudden, oh yeah, little little uh, you know doctor's uh, touch, and uh, I'm fine. It's over. Yeah, now, that for, sounds like a season-long injury, especially for something uh, for a guy who's got to run and kick. 
Uh, toes, <laughs> toes, we know, very important. At for least both he doesn't score goals with his feet. Yeah, that's exactly right. More headers from Alvaro Morata yes. coming up in the next few weeks. Hey, I bought him just in time for his toe injury, so I'm, I'm pumped. Um, Crystal Palace, very few. I mean, really nothing to say for Palace except that Christian Benteke, according to the Liverpool Echo, nope. says... Don't even... don't. I want to cut you off. All I care about, Wilfried Zaha is he anywhere on your list. Uh, only Wilfred Zaha, the rumors of him going to Arsenal in the January transfer Okay, window, I can deal which, with that. Which apparently are being uh, progressively squashed more and more. Well, uh, if he goes to Arsenal, I'll sell him. Look, Benteke could be back this weekend. I know, back and forth we go with Christian Benteke, but I just wanted to say his name as a reminder that prior to the Spurs match, the reports were that he was still weeks away. So I just want to say that this Miracles. Is not, yeah, it's an amazing, what a miracle recovery. Some uh, Belgian horse doctor has healed him. Yeah, could be back. Do you guys care about Ross Barkley? Nope. Uh, not until he actually sets foot in the field. Uh Christopher Schindler from Huddersfield, just a reminder, he's still suspended for two more matches, just in case anybody... Uh, good good to know. Okay, What's uh, his ownership? Dave, what's Christopher Schindler's ownership in FPL? Uh, it is 3.8%. What? What's his price? It is 4.6, a steal, technically, if you are looking... A, yeah, he he was a wait, hot is pickup. Is he in Huddersfield? Yeah, he's Huddersfield. He was a hot pickup a couple weeks Those ago. Those two just, clubs blur together for me. Just just as a reminder, uh, you do have the same color, Scott. Look, the big of all the big clubs, Liverpool's as big as it gets here. We already know that Sadio Mane, Mane returned to Liverpool, having picked up what is reported to be a recurrence of the same hamstring injury that he's already had. That's uh, not good when it's recurring. Klopp says we're just going to monitor and manage in the coming days. They are still assessing. So this is this is as we know Standard the guy who needs line. who needs one full day of training. <laughs> That's right. To be one hundred percent again. How is he on Thursday? He That's all that matters. Uh, so they're still waiting to be. It's still a, a team assessment awaiting. Uh, By the way. In all seriousness, I'm not going anywhere near him right now in fantasy. Yeah, I can't even imagine why you would. Why would you I, buy him right now? What's What's well, amazing but you is you would have bought him before this international break if you were after, dumb enough to make. Per, oh wait, wait, I did. I but anyway, say, most people don't make their. I mean, we say all the time, do not make your transfers before the I international know, break. I know, but the other side of the coin is that if the money works out and you're concerned about money changing up or down yeah. for the players you're adding or selling. But Dave, if I if the money works out and I make the purchase and now he's aggravated in a hamstring injury and doesn't play, would it have been better no, no, not no. to have spent the money than to have spent the money and not be able to use it? I get it, but if he didn't get injured, then you'd be in the good. But the it, whole fact that there's an international break means I that know. he shouldn't like no one should do that in the first place. Philippe Coutinho, nothing to see here. I am totally happy to be at Liverpool, oh, and yeah. I am 100% fit to play against England on Tuesday for my team, Brazil. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp is thrilled that Philippe Coutinho is 100% fit and ready and raring to go. At least the game's in England, and they England. don't have to travel much. He just needs to be at his <clears throat> best January 1st. So if there is... So you can sell him? If there is... Like Klopp hates to do business in the January window, so I can't imagine this is going to happen. But if he has a plan to replace Coutinho or use that money in the defense or something, as long as Coutinho can be sold for the maximum value on January 1st, no one cares what he does on November 15th. I'm happy to be at Liverpool. 
I'm no, excited he, for no, my time not. at Liverpool. He, uh, no, he's not. <laughs> I need to focus on the next match. But uh, you Nathaniel know what? He's Klein, a pretty sweet paycheck. Sad for Nathaniel Klein. He had to have surgery to correct yeah, his he's back out, he's injury. Out for a so while. this is yeah. This is uh, the report is at least from the BBC. It could be an additional three months of recovery for Nathaniel yeah. Klein. And Gomez and Alexander Arnold have been okay. They slowly been kind too. of taking over his spot well you, joe gomez you is wonder though joe gomez is already up in price yeah. he's gone up in price in the in recently yeah so but this, you have to wonder what klein would do for that back line uh at right back you just you just wonder well he definitely brought stability i felt like he, he rarely made mistakes that's exactly right into a, mis- a mistake ridden backfield and he also i he you know he he was never able to display his ability to cross the ball into the 18-yard box because Liverpool just doesn't have anyone in the middle who can head the ball into the That's net. That's true. But that is a skill that he brings. At the very least, he was proficient in, in moving the ball forward down that right-hand side in a way that you don't really think about Gomez or Alexander-Arnold ever doing for Liverpool at that position. So you just have to wonder. And his recoveries were His recovery runs were always outstanding, too. To, to prove your point, Dave, that he brought some stability to that back line. So Free just, Andrew just Robertson. Hey, real quick. I know. I like Andrew And I know Robertson. this is – this is we do a fantasy podcast. This is supposed to just be injuries. But Joe Gomez at a 4.6 has started and played all 90 minutes the last six matches. Yeah. And I know in two of those six have been a nine and a six. Like There's been a couple clean sheets. Liverpool's schedule yeah. goes Southampton, Chelsea, then at Stoke, at Brighton, Everton, West Brom, Bournemouth. That's a pretty good schedule. Yeah, Stoke. Uh, Liverpool has a lot of matches that are that are very tasty from now and f- until uh, until after around Christmas. Just want to throw that nugget out there. Most people wouldn't think about Joe Gomez, but for a value defender, pretty decent. Should I sell? I still have Kyle Naughton back when Swansea. I would rather own Gomez than Naughton for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Hey, of all the bad news, the good news is that Adam Lallana might be one of those guys that's penciled in in the prospective lineup uh, for the all weekend. The is he on the game status report? Is he questionable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we know for sure. The one thing that is expected of him is that he is going to train fully with a practice match with with the first with some first teamers. Good. So uh, that's good. The, I mean, it's according to the Metro. Uh, it's a possibility of him making the team. He provides uh, a work rate in the middle that will that will help Liverpool quite a bit. Jordan Henderson is still is still iffy. Uh, he's one of those guys uh, doesn't show up on the on the game sheet dealing with a thigh injury, withdrawn from England. Um, just still being assessed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I know Jordan Henderson affects nearly no one. However, it is one of those guys that Dave, tell everyone what I just did. Scott Scott was yawning. Yep. Fake yawn. Henderson does have a 2.1 ownership, but that's surprising. I, I didn't think it'd be that high. Anyways. Reminder, Nicholas Otamendi from Manchester City is serving a one-game suspension for this coming My week. I, To me, I, as, an, as an owner of Nicholas Otamendi, hmm. uh, I've thought a lot about selling him. Um, however, the run of Manchester City matches after this week, um, which this week is not terrible anyway, but their run after this. Uh, to me, was too good uh, to even think about selling him. So, nice. Brian, tell uh, me about Raheem Sterling. 
Raheem Sterling, one of the other many, many, the long list of injured English players, uh, he also was withdrawn from England's squad this week with a back injury. So it's another one of those that is a wait and see. But he was definitely he he and uh, Fabian Delph both uh, Delph with a calf injury that he picked up against Arsenal, uh, not playing for England, and that's where they stand. That's that is as much as we know about them. Hmm. But Raheem Sterling, it's one of those guys. I don't know. You're already you're already playing roulette with that guy when it comes to rotation, and now this week with um, with potential of a back injury, a mm. uh, little little tough to swallow. Uh, let's get to Manchester United. How about Phil Jones, guys? How about Phil oh, Jones? Oh, man. According to ESPN uh, FC, Phil Jones starts versus Newcastle. will be the first time he started 12 straight Premier League matches in six years. Wow. <laughs> he has also withdrawn uh, from England for the week after aggravating an existing thigh injury. Now, he's also the guy who says... It's, I'm not injury prone. He says that. <laughs> you guys say it's injuries. I could give you a list of 40 guys who are playing through some kind of an injury. So Somebody I'm has just, something uh, sometimes. Yeah, everyone's got something sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those guys that has something sometimes all the time. So It's a nightmare for, for fantasy owners. Phil Jones, it, you know already if he is available and and he feels fit, he's going to play. Now, great matches for, you know, at least the next three for Manchester United. Tough to sell. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I guess you just assume he's going to be out there. I'll be Googling his name on Friday. Um, <laughs> Paul Pogba, we know for sure. Telegraph says that even though he has trained with the reserves and has been running regularly, Saturday is still too soon for Paul Pogba. Although he is getting much closer, um, okay. I would like to say though he was good enough to attend the MTV European Music Awards on Sunday, so it's not all bad news. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also should be getting Marcus Rojo back soon to add even more confusion to you their to, to their defense. So weird one for Newcastle. Christian Atsu. Uh, mm. I know we've talked about him a good bit. He's yeah. definitely one of those guys. Uh, a nice midfielder. value midfielder. Yeah. Still really cheap. Uh, Krishnatsu picked up a thigh injury, which uh, they're calling it, Chronicle Live is calling it a muscle tear. So certainly a doubt for Manchester United this weekend. GhanaWeb.com, which obviously tracks players, Ghanaian Sounds players. like it's tracking something on your computer maybe too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not that kind of GhanaWeb. Uh, says that Newcastle's probably furious because they, they held him out of the last international break due to a knee injury that they already know is going to require surgery in the offseason. So Christian Atsu, like, he's getting he's getting worked a lot. And he's got a couple, like, compounding injuries. As fast now. as Christian Atsu has been the last couple times. You would have never him. known. You would never know. I don't he's blame, injured and running that fast? I don't blame Ghana. No. I blame Christian Atsu. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, they specifically mentioned Mo Salah withdrawing from Egypt because Egypt's match had no bearing on their on whether or not they qualified for Absolutely. the World Cup. Absolutely, that's why I'm, all these English guys could have done. What the, the hell are you doing? Could have could have done yeah, the exact a same. Them, a lot of them didn't play. A lot of them didn't pick these up injuries up. A lot of them didn't play. And Raheem that, and, Sterling. 
but why but, are you reporting for England? That's why Joe Cork got pulled up for the per- first time. And Who's Ruben Joe Cork? <laughs> oh so man, I think it's Joe Cork, right? Jack? Uh, Jack Cork? Is it Jack Cork? I believe Jack so. Jack Cork. We, is this he, another? Is it's this another. He's good friends with Stephen Jeff, Joe is Ward. This <laughs> is this another Ben Ward situation? Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Um, the other big one for Newcastle is Jamal LaSalle's. Uh, Rafa Benitez says Jamal is a major doubt with an ankle injury he got against uh, Bournemouth. He said last week, we have to wait a couple of days, then see how his ankle is without the inflammation. Uh this is what he said of the guy who left the stadium that day uh, in a walking boot and on crutches. Yeah. I would say Jamal LaSalle's is there's no, uh, nearly no chance of yeah, playing against Manchester United. If there's ever been a week to to get back on Romelu Lukaku as yeah. a captain, this might With be LaSalle's the week. And any of your fringe Newcastle yeah. guys, I'm you might sell now. Yeah, I mean this is this is not good for them in the at least the short term, um, and definitely this week. Southampton, I can uh, happily report there's nothing to say about Southampton, <laughs> even in the injury uh, round. Well, that's okay, because there's nothing to say about Southampton in all of fantasy anyway. Bad luck, Jack uh, Butland broke a finger. Man. Uh, and training can you still play? Preparation against Germany, no. Uh, As a goalkeeper, you can't play with a broken finger? Reports now say six weeks out. He's got gloves. <laughs> Put, just tape them together, tape man. Tape them together. Uh, honestly, if I've never been a goalkeeper, so maybe that's the most ridiculous thing, but I feel like it is. Are you kidding me? Have a shot kicked at you about 50 miles per yeah. hour and try to block it with your hand, even oh. if you didn't hit it with your it, finger. It can't be good because they're saying six weeks. And honestly, if there's like we saw already, you already know what kind of a goalkeeper Lee Grant is. That's true. Lee Grant is Excellent. is ready, and he is four point three dollars. And Lee Grant is your prospective uh, Stoke goalkeeper for the foreseeable. You heard it here week. first. Buy Lee Grant if At, you're not going to buy Nick Pope. And their matches are not bad. And three out of the next week, four are nice. This week against Brighton. Uh, I think it could be okay. Next because, week? Because this is Palace? a Stoke team that does not have a list that's a mile long of defensive injuries. They should. Ryan Shawcross really should be right there. <laughs> uh, Swansea gets Wilfred Boney and Renato Sanchez back uh, probably. Th- okay, exactly. What did uh, I just do, Brian? Uh, On to the, the team that matters probably the most for uh, for most people, I think, this week is the gigantic list of injured Spurs. Um, All right, hit us. We know for sure Hugo Lloris is still, uh, as of the his initial injury, was 15. They were saying 15 days for his adductor tear. Uh, uh, that seems short. In walks Gazinga? Uh, no, in, in should have walked <laughs> Vorm, who injured a knee. He was, as the you know the backup, I think everyone expected. Like yeah. it's very Vorm in here? I guess so. He had a knee injury because when Gazaniga picked, when he was picked for starting goalkeeper, it's not against, Gazinga. No that's, yeah. no, that's what you say when you win the slot machine. Oh, no, you're, okay. And you're and you're and you're thinking entirely of Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay, reason, sure, sure. Which we, I thought we promised never to say that on this. Probably show. yes. Uh, I'd say both guys. Who knows? With the definitely, I'd say Lloris is not. Not participating. I don't think you're playing Lloris anyway no. against Arsenal. I, I would have. I would doubt it. But I would say he's a doubt anyway 
for this for this week. Um, reminder: Delhi uh, suffered a minor injury uh, in the hamstring against Real Madrid. That's what Pochettino said. Called it a minor injury. Uh, it's not a big issue, but he's not available. Is exactly what Pochettino said about him. Um, I would also like to remind everyone that he attended the MTV European Music Awards this Sunday. So, uh, again, not all bad things for um, Delhi. Interesting. Uh, Harry Winks, we saw him uh, leave at halftime with an ankle injury last time. Uh, he also withdrew from England. So, you know, you know, hope hopefully he can make it back. But, I mean, not many people are playing him anyway. It's just a, a guy who's been really helpful for Spurs. Definitely has made them better uh, in midfield. Especially when they're already missing guys like Wanyama and, uh, well, no, not Eric Lamella, but uh, some of those other guys, and Delhi being out. Um, Harry Kane is fit to face Arsenal. That's what Pochettino said. Of course he is. He always scores that's what Arsenal. He's, that's what, according to the evening standard, he is fit to face Arsenal. He got Good a kick against. Pochettino said, got a kick to the knee against Crystal Palace, but he was okay. So even his withdrawal against Palace was seem more precautionary. Uh, and he obviously did not play for England over the break. Um, Jan Vertonghen, big for them, big, big, big for them, is back to full training uh, this week, is not is not going to play, may or may not play for Belgium, but um, but he was back in full training. So that's a uh, huge boost for their defense, yeah. who is going to be without Toby Alderweireld with a hamstring injury. Um, if you For whatever reason, if you have Troy Deeney, remember Troy Deeney is still suspended for two weeks uh, for... For showing his cojones. That's exactly right. Uh, what? Uh, yep. What? Uh, Gomez had a head laceration for Watford. Uh, that. Can that, I just say one thing, Brian? Yeah. Uh, you should only own Troy Deeney if you have a 2014 in memoriam <laughs> squad okay. of players who were great then, and you want to just have fun with a random collection of sure. great 2014 I wonder, players. I, I, I doubt that he's at five percent ownership. But you never know. Hurry, holy, wait. Also, I just want to make it clear: Troydini did not flash anybody during their last match, despite what. Dave no, but said. he he talked about when they play Arsenal, they never show right. the cojones, and so he showed his, and he got a three-match ban. So, but again, you know what I'm saying not not literally. Uh, the last of significance. Uh, no, the Gomez Gomez will probably be in there for Watford. Uh, Marco Silva said that it was not enough of a it was not enough of an injury to keep him out. What was he at? Point four. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, and lastly, uh, West Ham. Welcome to the welcome back to the league, David Moyes. Uh, uh, Mikhail Antonio has yet to train uh, with David Moyes. Uh, he has still has lingering rib injury. Uh, Chicharito left the match against Belgium in the 47th minute. It's assumed that it's a hamstring injury. When you already have Andy Carroll, who is uh, who is fragile as fragile can be, and then uh, I believe Diafra Sacco is the only other uh, forward for them. Mm. It's not not the best way to um, to kick off your your beautiful attacking, elegant football that you're going to want to have. Uh, we already know for sure Jose Font out six weeks minimum after his ankle surgery. They're probably not going to have James Collins either. Uh, a bit banged up yeah. at West Ham United. Man. That is a plenty of dudes. Congratulations if you made it to the end of this. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that is a that's a dedicated pod listener. If we we have anyone, tweet <laughs> us if you made it to the end of this pod and you've listened this long. 
uh, please give us a good rating. Tweet us and let us know that you actually made it to the end of the pod. We'll send you some free gear. That's <laughs> that's not true. We don't have Stop any free gear to send. That. But I mean, we should. We'll give you Brian's Gilfy T-shirt he bought okay. last no. year. That's mine. <laughs> hey. I t- I tuned out for part of it because I was replying to some of our listeners on Twitter. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love at it. Fantasy Soccer FC. Sure. Uh, hey, at Fantasy Soccer FC dot com. No, no. Oh, no, no. Okay, you can't <laughs> you can't at in a dot com together, right? I don't I don't think so, Dave. Scott, where can people find us? I'll tell you, Dave. Uh fantasysoccerfc.com. Thank you for being clear. That's our website. Yep. At Fantasy Soccer FC on the Twitter. All two hundred and eighty characters. Oh yeah. And Fantasy Soccer FC on our Facebook page. Alright, awesome. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Hey listen, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Ouch! Until I just got hurt. Oh, next, next time, all right, well, Blake. <laughs>